Hello and welcome to Backstage Buddies. I'm Jason. I'm Joe. And we are two theater professionals in Northeast Ohio here to talk about the art we create and consume. We certainly are. Hell yeah. Yeah. Back again. Back three weeks in a row. Yeah. This, is, this is getting crazy. I know. On a roll with honor roll. <laughs> That's from something. Is that a Homestar Runner thing? I don't know. Honor roll with honor roll. What's that from? I don't know. It's going to kill I've me. I've never heard it until this moment. Really? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I just have forgotten. Maybe. <laughs> who's, who's Are you looking it up? Say, let us proclaim the mysteries of faith. Yes, I am. <laughs> On a let us proclaim the mysteries of faith. That was a good one. With <laughs> honor roll. <laughs> Let's see if anything comes up. On a roll with honor roll. Uh, I'm not getting, <laughs> getting any results. Oh, this is the worst moment of my life. How is that not... Wait, honor roll with honor roll in Skyward? What the hell is Skyward? I don't know. Maybe that's where you got the phrase from. It can't be. I don't know what Skyward is. This is Cause if bad it's not, audio. If it's one. not that... And to what the hell is this? Is like skyward.com. This is like a blog post for educators. <laughs> what the hell is that from? I'm gonna die. I, I gotta look it up later. <laughs> honor roll with honor roll. I thought it was a thing. <laughs> Boy, we're off to a bad start again this week. <laughs> I liked our start last week. Oh, I mean, I thought it was fun. It, until the audio crapped out on me. That well, was weird. Yeah, that's okay. I totally glitched out. No. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> that's okay. They yeah. forgive us. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Hope so. Yeah. Let's not assume they all forgive us. <laughs> <laughs> forgive us our trespasses, listeners. Yeah. Forgive us our sins. <laughs> um, hi. Hey. <laughs> How What's, you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, on a roll. You yeah. <laughs> on a roll. No, I'm doing doing fine. Not much to report. Yeah, my Nothing my neck of the woods. Getting ready for uh, rehearsals. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday is the the first read through for the Lion in Winter. Yeah, for the Ohio Shakespeare Festival. Which, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about. I actually wonder if I'll be able to see it. Oh yeah, which would really bum me out if I can't. Yeah, you'll be. Performing or rehearsing at the same time? Or a little bit of both? I think a little bit of both. Interesting. Yeah. I'll look up when your run is. I think we, we go March, up, right? Uh I think I think we open like the last weekend in February. Okay. I'm, and I'm maybe I will sure. because Yeah, because You can come oh, wait. that first Saturday or something, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, 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 because, yeah, my first weekend is your second. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Cool. And cool, you have a cool, long cool, run, cool. so I should be able to see. Yeah. See you. Yeah. In the nether. The nether. Yeah, because I've, um, I've never seen or read Lion in Winter, and supposedly good. it is very good, so I'm excited to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I finally got a chance to kind of read through the script. It's great. Yeah. It's very smart. Yeah, it seemed that way from the audition yeah. sides and stuff that I heard. Like this is a clever, 
people uh people for the most part really like the movie i know terry doesn't like the movie but yeah i've heard everyone else i've talked to about it loves the movie so yeah sarah was saying she has um or wait was it maybe it was sarah's parents i don't know either sarah's parents or sarah had a have a friend or a colleague or somebody who uh that's like their christmas tradition like she and her family every year get around oh and um watch the lion in winter around christmas wow um that's funny why why am i getting i don't know what my (laughs) 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 well it seems like we're still recording so i'm just gonna ignore this error message and and just hope it's nothing uh nothing Nothing catastrophic yeah, it seems like everything that matters is working right now. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. That could <laughs> I feel like that could that phrase could like encapsulate my life. <laughs> <laughs> everything that matters is working. <laughs> uh, well, you know. Yeah, you know, it happens. These these things. Yeah, as long as I mean, like, I woke up today. Hey, it's better than a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's my dad. Said. He'll say like, like anytime you can wake up on the right side of the ground, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's all a matter of perspective, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I suppose so. But that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, we're both getting geared up for rehearsals. Yeah, which yeah. Is, is cool. I've been. We've both kind of been off the off the boards for a while yeah it's been a little bit since uh shakespeare and love yeah, right? since shakespeare and love close so a little month over a month and, month and a half yeah at this point which i guess isn't really that long in the scheme of things but it does feel like a long time given the schedules we've kept in the past it's yeah it's that's kind true. of a, a long time i usually get a break around january but you've been yeah the past couple of years you did uh complete works yeah which so. i didn't do this year but yeah 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 that yeah <laughs> yeah so that was, that was always keeping you busy but yeah it's been kind of nice in a way, but also like I could use a creative outlet. I think at this, yeah, you know? yeah. It's there's been I I felt this. Um, there's been so much going on, uh, just like personal life wise, mm-hmm. that not having um, like a theatrical project was kind of nice. I felt like I yeah. could focus on that and kind of take a break from. Yeah, if, and totally. and just not have one more plate spinning. But then when we did uh, the reading, of, yeah. of your new script, yeah, yeah, uh, this this past Saturday, uh-huh. um, I was like, oh yeah, I actually really like doing this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> a cool so, artistic thing to do. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool, and it kind of got me like got me ready to yeah. ready to go. Like, oh yeah, I remember, I remember that I like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's totally true. Which I thought went super well. I was really happy yeah. with it. Yeah, we did a reading of um, Sarah and my adaptation of Frankenstein this Saturday, the first time having other people read it yeah. out loud. It was super fun. It felt like we got some good some good criticism, like some stuff to alter. But it's just like, it's always so cool to hear people, you know, making acting choices and stuff. and. Mm-hmm for the first time ever, you know, hearing it out loud that way is really cool. And there were some moments where it was like, Oh my God, this is so awesome. <laughs> Mostly because of what actors were doing with it. Even in a cold read, I was like, that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, but actors, actors can only do 
so much they have to have good source material <laughs> that's true <laughs> that is true yeah um that was super fun that was really uh it was exciting it was good to feel excited about a project yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah it was a lot of fun to, to get together and and read something new with yeah you know some some good folks yeah yeah and that was like not in a no pressure sort of right there were no stakes you know it was just like i mean i guess if it had been bad and everyone hated it they probably would have felt bad Wait, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that if that counts as stakes, they're pretty low. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it was cool. That was really fun. I was really happy to get to do that. Yeah, that was a blast. Yeah, and totally. then we went to the Red Fox, your favorite which place. Is hell on earth. My ears are still ringing. Are they? Yeah, it was yeah. loud, yeah. louder than usual. I yeah, think. it was very loud. And then we kind of camped out right next to the speakers for a little while. Yeah, which, which is no good. Yeah, that doesn't help. But yeah. I think my ears are ringing too a little yeah. bit still. <laughs> yeah, which is like yeah, that place sucks. <laughs> it was fun. It, we had a it, we had a good time. Some interesting um, people. Boy, howdy! The crowd was especially weird. this time. There was like a group of people. Like it basically seemed like they were half a step away from just having sex on the dance floor. Yeah, it was like <laughs> a pre-orgy. Yeah, there was a lot of making out, a lot of yeah, making out. a lot of sexual touching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, it, but, like, weirdly, it, like, that's how the night started, and then as it went on, that happened less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah, um, weird, weird crew. Yeah, the Red Fox yeah. place. <laughs> Jesus yep. Christ, it's an interesting place. It sucks. I, it's <laughs> like the Moss Eisley Cantina. That's <laughs> more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if some old man chopped off somebody's arm in the middle of it. So yeah, you know. Yeah, it's that kind of place. <laughs> I don't like you either. <laughs> I'll be careful. You'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was a creating thing. Yeah. We haven't been able to say, like, we've been consuming a lot, which I'm yeah. still doing. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, uh, that's, the, that's been cool. That is one thing that's kind of, like, if, if you're not, Whenever I'm not doing something artistic, I try to consume mm-hmm. as much as possible. You know? Yeah, I feel like that's a, a kind of habit we both get into, or pattern. Uh, habit, yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. the thing is, with the lives that we lead, when we're creating, there's no time to consume. Yeah, so then when we have harder. the time, it's like, all right, time to play catch-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've been working my way through uh, Punisher Season 2. Oh, yeah. Um, How far are you? Yeah, I'm like... Six episodes in, maybe? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so almost halfway through the season. It's what do you great. think? Yeah, you, I like so it. It's so good. I like it. I like it a lot. I really like I really like the actor playing uh, the girl, uh, Amy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like yeah, her a lot. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, it's yeah. just... Yeah, the, um, I, it, I, I was kind of shocked how much I liked the first season. I was shocked how much I liked the first season, and I was concerned that season two was going to be kind of more of the same. Yeah, but yeah, the story but they went, is actually really yeah, different, and it's it it does it feels it's cool how different it feels from season one. Yeah, and it's the 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 writing and the um like the character the feel of the show is mm-hmm. is the same while yeah. having totally different like source material. Yeah, and like um, different themes and stuff. I yeah. really really like the guy who plays the pilgrim. Yeah, he's I was just awesome. about to say like, oh, what the hell? There's a fucking 
Bug, get out of here, you piece of <laughs> shit. What the fuck? What is that? What is happening? God. Never All had right. a bug on you? Yeah, a bug just like landed on me. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the main antagonist. Um Yeah. Yeah, it's just like he's called Pilgrim. Uh, and he he yeah, the actor is is he's, really compelling. Yeah, he's fascinating. Um yeah, like I, I and he does so little, you know. He Yeah, that's that's part of it is like I the the character has the potential to be so boring. Yeah. Um but the the actor brings this this kind of emotion to it. Yeah. In in a way that you wouldn't expect from that kind of character. Yeah, and like it's just that, so That dude's eyes it looks like he's seen some shit. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah, he seems like the saddest eyes. Ugh. I remember thinking that when I when I watched uh, uh, Fury, that Brad Pitt World War II tank movie. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. I remember thinking that that about Shia LaBeouf that like mm. I thought he was breathtaking in that movie, and it was part of it was because like you really believe a hundred percent that those eyes have seen war. It was like interesting. I, I, yeah, I don't know how he did it, but huh. it's. It was, yeah, it was wonderful. He seems like he's kind of crazy in real life. Yes, but I just can't make up my mind super, about that dude. He's, I think he's extraordinarily talented. I feel like he is. It's just like, I feel like he's really talented. Yeah. Except at picking projects to do. Well, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> I feel like, yeah, he's he's like, when he nails it, it's incredible. Yeah, it's awesome. When he has the right material to work with, it's yeah. it's remarkable. Yeah. But like nine times out of ten, that dude is in a project that <laughs> it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But they, it's worth watching that just, I think, just for his performance. Okay. It's pretty, it's a brutal movie though. Well, yeah. I, all of those, those kind of movies yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, this dude in The Punisher, I, he's got... There's something about there's all this history just mm-hmm. behind his eyes, you know. Oh yeah, he's so compelling and mysterious and menacing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. This show, man, the this season of this show is also really smart about uh, the rate at which it gives you information. Yeah, because I'm almost halfway through the season, I still don't really know what's going on. Like, I know that there right. is conflict, like, there are people chasing yes. these people yeah. because she has something. Yeah, so you still haven't and found I, out what she has? No. Uh-huh. Like, I've yeah. I've seen, like, you know, I've, in, like, the second episode, you see that she has a couple, like, film canisters. Yeah, yeah she's got Like, I've seen that, and there is, you know, apparently a laptop and a backpack. Yeah. But, yeah. like... I, yeah. Aside from that, I have right. no idea what she has. Yeah. And I don't even really know. Like, I have a vague idea of kind of how she got into the mess. Yeah, but, but you I don't, don't really know yeah, either. I like that too. Um, that that's all kind of vague. Yeah. And I also think, like, it's fascinating because it seems like it's about three different people dealing with post traumatic stress. Oh, yeah. In really different ways, you mm-hmm. know? Um, which I thought was awesome having Jigsaw, uh, having, um, Billy not remember yeah. yeah why like he remembers up to a point and then all the thing like all the bad stuff he did essentially he doesn't remember any of it mm-hmm. yeah uh, all the bad stuff he did and all the bad stuff that happened to him yeah like and then you've got like madani agent madani who's dealing with 
you know, that she had a relationship with him and then he turned out to be a psycho and he shot her in the head and, and then like (laughs) to have the Punisher too being kind of in the middle of all of it, Mm -hmm. his way of dealing with his trauma. Right. Yeah. And it's also like every time it's, it's funny. The problem I thought I would have with the show in the first season was like in the current, like way the world is, I didn't know if I would like seeing a guy take law into his own hands with a gun. Right. Um, yeah. And the show, I think, man, because it's still like every time he shoots someone in broad daylight, I'm kind of like, oh, man, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that the show is really smart in that it's not like Frank does some really messed up stuff. And mm-hmm. while he is the show's hero, I don't think we're meant to like him, you know? Yeah, it never... Um... The show never tells you that what he's doing is right. Yeah, it it right. never it never squarely puts you in the realm of this. Hmm. This is the right thing to do. Yeah, it's all every time he makes those decisions, it's it's done in a way that that kind of keeps it morally gray. Yeah, which yeah. which is really smart. And in both seasons, the show while we are meant to and we do or at least i do sympathize with him a lot mm-hmm. the show always gives us some someone else as our emotional way in yes like in this season it's amy and madani i think to a certain extent and yeah. also well i don't know russo is interesting in his own way but like yeah. and in the first season it was um you know micro and yeah. his wife and and then frank's growing relationship with them but it's we're never meant to really identify with the punisher no we kind of are given other characters to identify with and we sympathize with him right but i think i think that's really kind of smart yeah yeah, yeah very much so yeah yeah it's good i show. loved the episode where they were uh holed up in the jail and oh my god i yeah. loved that that Ooh. whole episode was great um yeah it's a good show yeah some it's real brutal really fights how about the fight in the gym Jesus, yeah, I just watched that today. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, that's intense. Where it's like, I mean, he's at this, you know, weightlifting gym with all these Russian dudes and has to end up fighting his way out of it. And the way that they did, like, the found weapon choreography oh, where he's using, so like, he'll pick up a, a weight plate and smack someone in the head with, and, yeah. like, using the barbells and dumbbells and stuff. It was brutal. The part that really <sighs> got me is when he gets, like, pushed down and he catches himself and there's a kettlebell right next oh, to his hand and god. just picks it up yeah. and turns and throws it oh. like ooh. oh god yeah oh it's, it's nasty yeah. shit it is nasty it's pretty brutal it's so good though yeah yeah have so, you yeah. watched season three of daredevil yet no that's next on my list yeah i'm excited to hear what you think of that yeah that's next because um that might be my favorite season of that show is the third really? one really yeah wow yeah i think so it's really good shit yeah. yeah, I'm excited. It's I. I was kind of waiting for Sarah, but she mm-hmm. she was like, "Watch it and tell me how violent it yeah, is." Yeah, I was gonna say, because has she watched the other two of Daredevil? Yeah, and and yeah, season one got close to too violent for her. Season two definitely had moments right. where she was like, "This is too, like the Punisher's prison. This is too much." Fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like and that's that. cool too and to think about like the Punisher's introduction because I love. I thought about that. What I yeah. didn't love about season two of Daredevil uh, was anything that didn't have to do with Frank. I found the Punisher storyline <laughs> was my favorite part of that season. Well, yeah, it was, I thought it was that great. was awesome. Yeah. I kind of wished it had just been that, but then like. 
that show is so different than the first his first solo season and then this season is a lot different than the first season it's cool mm-hmm. i'm kind of bummed that i feel like i'm sure we're going to hear that it's been canceled too because they're you know canceling all of their netflix sure. shows yeah. which is a big bummer because i would like to see more but that's okay yeah i don't know if there were two that well i don't know i was gonna say if there were two that i could see them keeping hmm. on netflix it would be jessica jones and hmm. and punisher just because of the subject matter yeah but it'd be hard to do that in a pg-13 right. environment but also daredevil and and luke cage got canceled and their right. shit was yeah and yeah they were was, both was really popular violent. yeah and, and popular. well yeah and, yeah so so yeah. yeah i don't know we'll see what happens yeah but yeah that's been my my primary that's cool consumption yeah i've been doing west wing still yeah which, man that's a good show it's so good oh god it seems to me like the fact that like how how long i wonder did it take them to write an episode because there's so much information just that alone and the details of like how how the like workings of the white house just the yeah. technical stuff mm-hmm. that seems like that must have taken forever to work out and then there's all the details about all the issues they're dealing with in that particular episode and then there's like character stuff on top of that yeah. I, it's a mat it's fascinating to me that's i you have to wonder if it was all mapped out yeah, like, I don't know. From the start, you I mean, know. that's not really how they made TV then. As and well, and even still now, a show like that 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 they're making it as they're airing it, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. Like they would have had. I guess. I guess that's a good question. When do they write a season of TV? Because I know, like, with something like, um, oh, I don't know, something like that, I would imagine that they would write a few episodes in advance but then like at a certain point they haven't written the whole season yet once they started to film i'm pretty what i know about episodic tv is that that's that is often the case yeah and i would imagine it's it's you know something like that but but purely because of all that information i wonder if it was all at least kind of outlined yeah or maybe they had like consultants and stuff you know they could well i'm sure throw in details like that even while they're filming it they can be like you should say this yeah, as we actually wouldn't like, say that. Here's the yeah. list of acronyms and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, but it's so good. Yeah, it's, and I just watched um, the uh, episode I watched last night was a like it's in the middle of season three. It's that like documentary episode where mm-hmm. th- there are interviews with real life people who had those jobs. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I considered it's... skipping it because I wanted to continue the story, <laughs> but then I was like, no, no, it'll be cool. It was just cool to hear politicians talk about what it's like to work there having yeah. nothing to do with politics yeah man yeah, that can was you cool even imagine working like, at the white working house at the white no house. no <laughs> i have a friend from high school who sort of did man there's a he has a picture of himself with uh he worked there while the obamas were oh, uh man. were there um and he has a picture of himself and his family with wow with uh you know the former president and wow and first lady yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah I don't know. I feel like... And, like, what they all were saying was it It never got old. Like, it never, you I know... Do, yeah. <laughs> that never, it never wore off. It never has the chance to. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> fact that, like, you're working at the White House. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. 
So yeah, I've been watching that. Parks and Rec, I finally started watching. Finally. I know, it's so good. Andy Dwyer is the best. Yeah, I, uh, he's such he's a so funny. lovable goof. Yeah, it's really good. I lo- uh, the whole ensemble I love. Yeah, yeah. Nick Offerman is hysterical. Oh my god, he's so funny. I wonder if he ever won any Emmys for that. I don't know. I don't think so, but I, I don't actually know yeah. enough to really weigh in. Yeah, I love Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler's great. She's like the the whole wonderful. the whole cast is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It gives me the kind of warm fuzzies the office gives me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. I like that's it a lot. what I really like about Parks and Rec. Um, that I I don't find is always true with the office. Um, is that everybody like in the Parks and Recreation department really likes each other yeah from the beginning yeah that like they're yeah they the office are... is kind of about how much they don't like each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> at least at oh, first they all dislike each other but find moments in that dislike to yeah. kind of band together but parks and rec <laughs> is all about these people who really like each right. other yeah and are just trying to do their best yeah because leslie's not like because ev- no one in the office likes michael scott and everyone in the right. office loves leslie nope yeah you know they think she's like like oh leslie but they they end up <laughs> I especially like when Ron Swanson will do something that, yeah, like he'll help her out and do something really sweet for her. I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. No, it's a great show. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's going to be on rotation, I think, for a while. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been consuming. Nice. Yep. Been catching up on shit. Yeah. Yeah. Word. Word. Yeah. Oh goodness gracious! We have some listener uh, questions. Yeah, we had quite a few. I don't. Yeah. We didn't get any from James this week. I know. Yeah, that's okay. He's busy. Oh, and then uh, actually, you know what? Before we do listener questions, I actually have uh something something okay. to bring up. Yeah. So um, this past weekend, I went and saw other desert cities. Speaking of James, oh yeah, James. Uh, yeah. There's a a, a Clegg Playhouse is currently doing a run of other desert cities i believe it runs through this sunday um Mm. and so i went and saw that um and i i really liked it uh i really like the the script i think is really interesting uh but the reason that i'm bringing it up Mm -hmm. um oh and james crushed it by the way the performances but james in particular did a a fantastic job yeah dude's a great actor he is he's very james don't let that go to your head yeah ass I love you. Um, but yeah, so I really liked the script. Um, but the reason I bring this up is because Sarah actually didn't. Yeah. Uh, and we, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, that, that Sarah um, it, it just wasn't a, a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Of the script itself, Of, of right? the script yeah. itself. Yeah, not the, not the performance or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but the script itself, she had some some problems with, and so it made me wonder: How do you feel about like the modern, uh, to use Sarah's terminology, the modern couch, the couch play? play. <laughs> yeah, because uh, um, I, I I'm a fan. Yeah, like I I like these scripts that are people kind of talking about issues, you know, the, yeah. and kind of working through them with their own personal biases and and, right. and problems you know other desert cities people working uh, to, stuff out yeah to, sometimes to give some ugly. context other desert cities is a a script about um this this girl who is a a writer and she's written a book and then has spent the the past like six years uh 
in terms of the the show's timeline, writing a new book. Uh, and she is more liberal, whereas her, her family is very old guard Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, her father was an ambassador for Reagan. Like, that's how, mm-hmm. how you know, Republican they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the family, you know, also, they live out in California. And so it's, there's also Hollywood connections where they used to be in movies and shows and that kind of stuff. And the, the book, it comes out as this memoir about... Uh, her brother, who was involved in uh, some stuff around the time of Vietnam, maybe? Where he uh, firebombed a... uh, or was involved in the firebombing of an Mm -hmm. army recruitment center and committed suicide. So, Mm -hmm. it comes out that that's what the book is about, and it's them kind of wrestling with with that. And then, of course, there's a ton of other shit that that happens. That's the bare-bones premise of the the play but it's it all takes place like in the living room of this this house and it's all kind of about that and people talking about those issues and and differences in ideology and that kind of stuff yeah yeah and i really like those i have a good time with those kinds of scripts um yeah but they don't do much for sarah yeah typically (laughs) so i wondered where you fell on the spectrum yeah, I kind of don't know because I feel like I I've liked like I liked uh, Becky Shaw for example. Okay. Which is kind of like that, you know, like it's Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, like people small casts and of people who either family or like ex-lovers or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. working through some sort of conflict that is yeah, some yeah, plays yeah. tend to have a lot of yelling in them. Yeah, or like uh, the realistic Joneses. Did you see that? No, I did not. Oh, that was um, fucking great. But yeah, like I like, I do like. I don't dislike the premise. Sure. You know, I do though. Don't like if I feel like I'm being preached to. That can get on my nerves. Okay. Like a, where I can be kind of like, okay, this. It's. I guess it bothers me because it's a moment that pulls me out of the moment where I feel like, if I feel like, oh, the author is trying to preach to me rather than this is how this character feels in this moment, you know. Uh, okay. So that can re- that can take me out of a moment. Yeah, I guess. I guess I don't. I I still want to hesitate. I I don't want to just say, well, it depends because that seems right. like a. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a cop-out answer sometimes, but I feel like I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Other than, yeah, it depends on the play. I, <laughs> I've often, I also feel like I've been to plays that fit that sort of genre that are like f- about 45 minutes too long. Okay, you know? sure. Yeah, and I guess it's, I don't mind some ugliness, but I think I need to know that it's not, I, I'm I I always am afraid of ugliness for its own sake in modern theater. Okay, which you know I feel yeah, that happens sometimes. In a yeah, lot of ways, the sure. the play I saw in New York was was sort of like this. Uh-huh. Uh I mean, there's like a there's something a good chunk of the play. I would say at least half of its runtime is is people sitting in a therapy session 
talking about their problems with each other and and um and I found that captivating. So yeah, this like it totally depends. You could say yeah. would you say that that Glass Menagerie if that was a new play would you consider that that like oh. like a family working through their issues with each other, you know? Interesting. Yeah, it I all would... takes place in the house. Yeah, I would absolutely classify it yeah. as as that kind of play because that's very much what it is it's right family drama it all takes place in the house all takes place it's not over the course of because often if it seems to me like maybe i'm this is just a incorrect assumption but it seems like some of these plays now they'll also they'll take place over a like it's one day or whatever and yeah that's not uncommon yeah um yeah. Like that Aristotle unity thing. Where yeah, <laughs> the unities of time and place. Yeah, yeah, where the whole, the runtime of the play is how long the story happens. Right, you know? yeah. Or or with very small breaks in between. Yeah. Hence the course yeah, of like yeah. a night. Yeah. Um, and like Menagerie is over the course of, I don't know, a few months or something, right? Is it that long? A few months? Maybe It not. might be. Yeah, but either way. Yeah. But if that play came out today... Oh yeah, it would fit I, right in with yeah it, this kind of style. There'd probably be more profanity in it if it was released today. It probably yeah <laughs> yeah. But although I there well I don't know. It just depends on who wrote it. Yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. I guess so. I don't dislike it as a rule. Yeah, you know, I think. But it just has to. Yeah. So your kind of criteria is like don't preach. Yeah, don't and, preach and don't be dark for darkness' sake. Yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. Because there's stuff that I feel like the the joke about modern plays being all about like having lots of nudity in them and and <laughs> you know people screaming at each other and a bunch of 20 somethings in a house that don't get along or something sure and there's some tr- there are certainly plays out there like that um but but yeah i don't know i guess it depends on it depends on the content yeah okay yeah i buy that yeah yeah yeah, I'm trying to think of other examples of plays like new plays that I've liked. I guess I'm just not familiar enough with new work, which is its own problem. I sh- I've been well, saying for years that I wanted to read more plays, but yeah, so, you know, I'm trying to. I can't really think of one, another one that I've seen that I was like, yeah, that, I loved that. Yeah, that would fit um, this criteria. Yeah, I like you. You didn't see it, but um, I brought up the realistic Joneses. I yeah. really, I liked I the really flick liked when I read it. Uh, I haven't read that one. I should have. Mm. I should have seen and read it. Yeah, but I did neither. <laughs> um, That's a good script. And you kind of leave at the end thinking, like, what was that about? Because the yeah. flick is, if anyone doesn't know, it's like it takes place in a movie theater, and it's mm-hmm. about the employees of the movie theater, <clears throat> and nothing really happens. Yeah, it's kind of like Clerks in a way. It's like about <laughs> convenience store guys, and like nothing really happens. Yeah, they just. It's about like the snapshot of the life of the people who have this job. Yeah. Um, but there's something, there can be something cathartic about that. <laughs> and cathartic. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the um, one that has penguins? I don't know. Ooh. Yes. I think so. It's South Pole, Polar right? Polar bears yeah, north. are north? Yeah, yeah, because there, there are no penguins at the north pole yeah penguins and polar bears don't live in the same place yes santa doesn't have penguins yeah polar bears are at the north pole yeah yeah and penguins are yep down under 
Yeah. Mate. What if, <laughs> what if they went to war, the penguins and the polar bears? Ooh. Well, I'd say nowadays I'd say that the penguins would probably win because polar bears got that uh, uh, global warming shit like really fucking yeah. on right now. Which is no good. No. Yeah, it's so that's made them. It's made them. Yeah, it's made made them them weak. It's the penguins' time. Yes. (laughs) The penguins. If there was any time, the the time time of of the the polar bear is over. (laughs) The time of the penguin (laughs) is now. (laughs) Oh Jesus. Yeah. So if you're listening, penguins, now's the time. Yeah. This is your coded message. Shit, I couldn't think of any sort of like weird CIA code phrases that could Uh, awaken the penguins. No. Yeah. They're going to have to rise on their own. Yeah, they can do it. Yeah. It'll take them a while. Look at those short legs. Really coming down against the polar bears, it seems. Listen, I love polar bears, but their time is now. (laughs) (laughs) You know? You can't wait for these things. It's just the, the nature of the world. Yeah. You know? That's war. That's all's fair in polar bear penguin war. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Couch play. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, (laughs) Couch play. (laughs) Sounds like a weird sex term. Uh, But, yeah. So, we also have some uh, listener questions that we can talk about. Yeah, we do. Um, Yeah, we got some some good ones this week. Uh, So, Tim Collingwood uh, asked... In the creative process, which feedback matters more, in your opinion? The audience or your peers? Hmm. Also, how much do you let the audience in on that process? Uh, hmm. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim, you have a knack for asking questions that I would never think of. And they're really, <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah. Um, it, it, so, I mean, my two cents uh, on this is that while I, I wouldn't say that one matters more than the other, the way that I tend to create, the audience doesn't get a chance to influence the work before it's it's too late. Um, sure. So, like, yeah. the, the opinion and the influence and uh, information from my peers is, is what kind of can shape um, the art. The yeah. audience doesn't see it until it's too late for them to have have a say. Right. Which, yeah. Which is maybe, you know, kind of says something about the way that we make theater in a market like this. Because, yeah. you know, theoretically, the idea behind previews is that it's a sure. chance to put your work before an audience, get their feedback, and adjust right. accordingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what a preview means in northeast ohio is that you have a show or a performance the night before you open where the tickets are cheaper and you don't sell as many so the actors can get their jitters out right like that's what a preview is yeah is here yeah Uh, it's kind of like it's yeah it's like how they use test audiences right the way the previews work in new york i mean right in you have a test audience and then you could change things like that's how new plays a new play will change dramatically from its first right. preview till its official open. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's we we use them differently, of course. So yeah, like the audience isn't the audience isn't necessarily going to be able to have a uh, a hand in shaping the outcome right during yeah. the like rehearsal process. But yeah, I've I've kind of find that 
at least I care more about the opinions of like if 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 I know people in the audience who I admire, you know, mm-hmm. like other artists that I look up to, their opinion will matter more to me than that of an audience member that I don't know. Sure. You know. Yeah, Which I think definitely. is kind of just a human reaction. It's like oh, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, it's like I, 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 yeah, I, uh, yeah, I admire the artistic work that you make, so I want to know what your opinion was of this. Yeah, you always seek that validation from people you admire. Yeah, um, yeah, which is you know only human. Um, but yeah, so I guess here's here's kind of a question I have for you, because um, you mm-hmm. have actually had a chance for audiences to kind of influence your work with yeah. uh, Dracula. Yeah, because um, we you know, did a couple readings of that and, and did yeah, and some talk Q&As, backs about yeah. it. Um, so I, I guess my question for you would be like, uh, in that process, did the audience mm. uh, influence anything? Did they, did yeah. they change the way that, that you saw the script or, or any aspects of it? Yeah. Yeah, they did. And I think the, with Dracula in particular, it was kind of, it was interesting because people like there was some of the feedback was, from people knowing knowing the story only through pop culture and there being like vampire rules that they have that they believe are true and then yeah. like Dracula some of the rules are different and and being and audiences being like that that kind of confused me for a minute cuz you're thinking like wait they can be out during the daytime i thought that that was against the rules and so like that some of that stuff could took them out of the the moment um yeah, and there was some of that that I was like, the, the question it made me ask myself, I guess, was, is it worth, was uh, adherence to the source material more important than having some people in the audience maybe be confused at some hmm. stuff? Interesting. Yeah, and yeah. I ended up coming down, I think, mostly on the side of adherence to the source material. Cause, yeah. Because I don't, yeah. you know, you can assume if you assume your audience is stupid and will need things to be spelled out for them, then I think, you know, you're not going to audiences don't like being a, you thinking that they're dumb. Right. You know? So, yeah. so I didn't you want can't, to, you can't play to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. feel like I wanted to generalize or, or take details out of the novel just because I thought that, because I thought an audience wouldn't follow it, you know? Sure. And yeah. so stuff, simple stuff like, like one lady, said it confused her that at the end of the play, spoilers for Dracula, um, <laughs> that he's killed not with a wooden stake, but with knives. Uh, I did find that interesting. Yeah, and yeah. she was like that. And and Terry said also that he he kind of agreed that at least while it didn't bother him, he can see how audiences might, that it might take them out of the climactic moment of the, the show by them being like, well, wait, but wait. That's not a stake. Um, and that it was a worth at least thinking about changing that. I ended up f- having a, a compromise where, because I did, when I read it as a kid, I remember really liking the image of how they, they kill him. Yeah. You know, I, something about, I just thought it was really cool. And I didn't want to lose that. So, like, I ended up having, adding a scene where, like, Van Helsing blesses their their right. ne- weapons with holy water, you know, so I can be like, well, maybe then that, that is a concession. I still get to have the image that I want. And then, 
but then I've also been like, well, okay, he did this thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I can also see, you know, that, that sort of influence in other aspects where you mentioned like somebody being like, well, I thought vampires and Van yeah. Helsing going like, no, no, it's just a myth. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Little yeah. things like that are a good right. way for the, <laughs> when the audience is asking the question for you to be like, oh no, without talking down to them about it. Yeah. 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 What was cool was the, was being asked stuff that was that kind of had made me have to ask myself what was i what was the point of the exercise yeah you know, like why am i doing this because the world doesn't need another dracula play there are a lot of those well, out there that's but it was what like, you think <laughs> but yeah so like yeah why am i doing this and the whole point was yeah adhere i wanted to try to be as faithful to the novel as possible so yeah getting audience feedback to kind of clarify that yeah that goal yeah yeah that was really useful cool all right yeah well there you go um cool Boom. all right so next question uh also from tim uh yeah. he asked uh rent live what is wrong with using a character's physical ability status in a non-ability status role translation if the actor can go on with injury what is the harm of showing a character that way yeah um, interesting i, yeah, I didn't again, watch this so neither did i but yeah. after the question was asked i went Huh? And I did a little bit of research. Yeah, what happened? Did someone so, get hurt? Yeah, what happened is um, the it, like night before, uh, the character playing Roger broke his foot. Whoa! Um, and so what was supposed to be just in com- life or like during rehearsal or something? I don't remember that part exactly. Okay. Uh, but he he broke his foot, and so what was supposed to be a completely live broadcast performance ended up being mostly the taped uh version from the previous night oh interesting. so and then they they reworked a couple things so that they could do like the last number live um wow. with and then like the some members of the original cast came out for like a, a uh-huh. thing too at the end so they they kind of reworked a couple things so they could do that but largely it was a taped performance because the actor had had hurt themselves and huh. uh they had no understudy is the the situation as it was so this is a really you know really interesting question um and i come down on the side of if the injury what it what it comes down to is actor safety not just for the actor that hurt themselves but for everybody else you mean Um, to have a an injured actor continue right to play the role to do the role so if if there is nothing in their track and their blocking and in mm-hmm. the things that they have to do that they can't do with with this injury, even if it means you know they have a crutch or yeah or something like that, then uh, and nothing that interferes with the track and the uh, the safety of their fellow actors. Sure. Then go for it. You know, there's yeah, there's, there's no reason that they if they are willing. Um, which of course they they have to be willing to to yeah, do it. Yeah. Um. Then then you know put them on stage and and have them go through it. But if there's stuff that's going to endanger themselves, you know that they can't do or endanger the the safety of the actors around them. Yeah. And you only have one day to make those adjustments. Um. The, the understudy needs to go on. Um, yeah. For the the safety of of the people involved. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, um, but there's a um, Bernie has a great story of he was playing Petruchio. I think this was at American Shakespeare Center for their uh, 
like their shows that toured or something. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, he was playing Petruchio and he broke his ankle during rehearsal Oof. and then ended up having to do the role like the whole run on crutches and said that they, that what it actually, that it, um, ended up adding a ton to the show i'm sure especially like having that character be hobbled um, right you know yeah it's really interesting yeah made for some really cool stuff and um so yeah that was like an example of like obviously i didn't have an understudy or i'm sure they would have made use of one yeah yeah. um where my question for that is how much time between the injury and opening yeah that i don't Um, know because if it happened you know even prior to tech week I think they, they had some some time to rework, or maybe oh man, I can't remember, because now I feel like maybe it is part of the story that it happened like during Tech Week or something, and mm. that all happened really fast. But I could be wrong about that. Yeah, um, yeah, Bernie, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let us know what uh what happened. Yeah, but then um, yeah, it's like what there are plenty of characters where doesn't really matter you know if they're right and you see this on tv a lot sometimes like the actual actor themselves will get injured and they'll somehow work it into the show right. you know like yeah the, yeah like when joey has his arm in a sling and friends it's oh yeah because he really he really did do something to himself um yeah, so yeah like that. so i think i wonder if is tim kind of asking too like if people uh Yes. <laughs> yeah, like what's the that you can cast someone? Like oh, what's yeah. the harm in casting someone? Like if let's say if, that, if my arm's yeah. in a sling and it's like and it's a couch play that I could totally do with my arm in a sling. Right. Yeah. You know? Or even if it is something, you know, more involved, I if you know going into it that somebody yeah. has some sort of physical condition that needs to be accommodated. I'm in an iron lung. Um yes, <laughs> an iron lung. I'm gonna cast you as J. Pierpont Finch. With an iron lung. How to succeed in business without oh, really trying. That's not a couch play. Well, I know, but I'm saying that my, my point was <laughs> even if it isn't a couch play, if you oh, know <laughs> going into it that somebody has, you know, some sort of yeah. uh, physical condition, then you can block around that. There's no, if it's the right person for the role, yeah, it shouldn't cast matter. Them. Like, yeah. it, it shouldn't matter if they're in a wheelchair or, right. you know, they have. And there can be, like, you can. I bet you can find some cool stuff if you're willing to be open to it. Like, yes, yeah. because it changes. I mean, it changes like power dynamics, and this all kinds of cool stuff can happen if you're right. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're not so locked in on a physical type. Right. Um, yeah. So casting wise, I you have a lot less of an excuse. I think. Yeah. Um. There there are of course situations where, you know, you you just for whatever reason can't cast somebody who has a yeah, like a maybe if, if you've got like a broken um, leg, maybe I won't have you play Peter Pan. You right. know, like yeah, or I'm not going to have to zip you around on wires. Maybe I don't want you. Yeah, I'm not going to cast yeah. you in a heavy dance role either. Yeah. Um, you know, if you <laughs> sure. if you come audition with a a broken leg, but yeah. you know, there are, there are a lot of opportunities if if people are open about the casting. Yeah, totally uh, for for that kind of stuff. So Which I feel like in general, it seems like we're moving towards that. We're getting there. Like it it's, seems like it's progress. Yeah, and maybe not in. I don't know what it's like in in the city. Maybe it is still... Right. I imagine it's still just as, you know, people... Yeah. You walk into the room and they know exactly what physically they want. So I'm sure that that is not going anywhere. But yeah, like it seems like every once in a while you'll see a place that... Be like, 
do I guess what we would still call non-traditional casting you know yeah yeah um yeah I think it can be cool yeah definitely yeah moving on just be open yeah be open have open all right here we go the triumphant return of of a Scott Campbell a Scott essay a Scott Campbell (laughs) ramble (laughs) (laughs) that's good I like Um, how he starts this one yeah uh so Scott Campbell thank you Scott uh thank you Tim um but Scott said, forgive me, Father, for I will ramble. Uh, for this week's essay, I wonder how you gents feel about the phrase and sundry variations of the sentiment that, quote, if you can do anything else but theater for a career, then you should, end quote. Hmm. I've recently been struck by how this same rhetoric pervades other low-income yielding fields and know from experience that teachers and graduate-level academics are often given a variation of the same advice. Nancy Cates used to use a cunning turn of phrase calling non-theater makers civilians. I think the wording works well. So why are we, and artists are guiltier more than anyone else, or, oh goodness gracious, so why are we, and artists are guiltier than most anyone else, got it, (laughs) so obsessed with urging young artists towards civilian careers outside of theater? Is this strictly economic? Are we trying to improve our own supply and demand chances of being employed? Hmm. Does this advice ring true for you two as artists who came into the field during an, ec- an economic recession when people with, quote, stable, quote, career jobs are also stuck in the gig economy that used to make acting so untenable? Hmm. Finally, is there a civilian career that you would pursue wholeheartedly tomorrow if the theater as an institution finally finished the grotesque, bottom-esque stage death that it has been milking <laughs> for two millennia? <laughs> I'll take my answer off the air. Best to you all in the cold, cold days. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Campbell. Yes, thank you. The soon-to-be Dr. Campbell. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Dr. Campbell, for your... uh for your excellent question. Oh yeah. Um, I hope we can get him on someday. Yeah, we got a fascinating to talk to. I'm I like... a lunatic. I love him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so great question. Uh, yeah. I mean, my my initial response is never have I given that advice to keep someone out of the field for my own <laughs> yeah. gain. Like this guy's too good. Like, I've got to too good. I got to get yeah. him out of here. No, it, it is like purely it, it comes down to um economic and relationship reasons. Um because the the cost of trying to pursue this as a, a full-time like pay the bills career means you sacrifice a lot for and it's a huge risk you're Mm -hmm. losing time with with family and friends time with loved ones you the odds of making enough money to pay all your bills are so slim Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's a hard career um emotionally as well emotionally yeah you you put yourself through a lot Um, a lot of rejection yeah a lot of rejection and even when you get the roles um, you know, oftentimes you have to put yourself in a really difficult place to successfully, you know, accomplish what you're you're yeah. trying to on stage. So it's you know mostly you know economic, um, yeah. in in all senses of of right of the 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 word that I typically tend to agree with that advice. That yeah. if if there's something that makes you just as happy then do that keep doing theater pursue it you know find these artistic uh you know pursuits and outlets but if there's something yeah. that makes you happy that that is more financially viable yeah. like do that thing too right cuz <laughs> i mean well yeah cuz i guess the the logic being that other thing will be easier cuz that's the other thing too right. if you want 
if you want the kind of financial comfort that will give you some stability, then like mm-hmm. you've got to really hustle to have an acting career that will oh, yeah. do that for you. Uh, and and there's still no guarantees, right? You and can that's hustle h- like a madman, right? Yeah, and that's hard. Like yeah, the the self promotion and the like just the hustle of trying to like quote unquote make it big yeah is is i think is physically and emotionally draining mm-hmm. um but also i mean like there there are also other ways to have an acting career that don't involve being in new york even um yeah it depends yeah, i guess on how you define success but yeah i always sort of heard that is if you have a f- if you have a fallback plan it often because it's easier you'll end up doing the fallback thing right yeah Uh, yeah and i think that i often i always think too that the the idea of like if not just if you can have another career you should do it but if if you would be happy doing something else yeah then you should do and i don't know if i think should or shouldn't but it's certainly the other thing will undoubtedly be easier right yeah certainly easier financially to support you the other thing mm-hmm. will be because there are a few things where you'll make less money than as an artist you know unless yeah. unless you're one of those really lucky people yeah <clears throat> yeah i don't know though i i don't have a a plan a fallback plan you yeah know? i've never considered it no and, and i think that like... there's I mean, maybe that's stubbornness or maybe also it's it's this the uh psychologically you know if i don't this being my only plan does that make me does that motivate me more to do it than if i had something else it might be easier to stop trying you know yeah yeah i i I get that because i kind of even though this it might sound weird but like i kind of fall into the same category Mm -hmm. uh you know i have a day job that you right. know pays the bills and everything but but it's not like the, it's not a secondary passion you know right and the the day job part of my my life has always been the part that i kind of figure out out of necessity yeah. um and the the constant has been doing theater like that's you know or, or performing um and, and finding other artistic outlets in that that thing mm-hmm. or that that um you know uh, category that that has been the constant yeah um the day job part has been just kind of yeah, figured out as it goes that's the variable yeah. yeah um yeah i kind of find myself at a major crossroads here yeah and i i really don't know i i'm i at least right now i feel paralyzed by how many options there are sure you know like so that there are the, the, these sort of artistic questions. Now, I, I, I want acting to be my career, period. Yeah. Um, and now I'm kind of faced with the there being a lot of options yeah. of how I want to make that work, you know? Sure. Uh, and they all, they all sound hard and they all sound scary, at least right now. But like... You know, things like going to grad school or moving to a big city or like there's just all this kind of stuff that's 
that's in in my mm-hmm. uh, it's in my my mind beans. And <laughs> <laughs> I like mind beans a lot more than mind grapes. Yeah. Brain beans. I mean, that's what it was. Brain beans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or no, yeah. thinking beans. That's that's what it was. It's in my thinking beans. I like brain beans. Yeah, brain beans is good. Yeah. Uh, Cooking with your brain beans. Yeah. <laughs> Brain but that's beans the... making some good chili. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's the I think it's the economic part of it that is the scariest yes. of any of these like options. They all have one of those big like, but how are you gonna pay for it? You know? Yeah. And then yeah, it's like the the then the the hunting for a day job thing would become more valuable. Yeah, but I think it's it's definitely I, I don't know. I've just never felt like. I've never felt like I would be happy not doing it or like, I, I just know that it's what I want to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's the, the, the figuring it out, somehow finding the balance of like scared, poor, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but then having ambition and, and goals and scared like somehow you got to finding a way that all that can can lead you somewhere Uh that's kind of where i'm at right now that's yeah Yeah. that's fair yeah (laughs) yeah it's a lot to emphasis on did i say scared you did you did you did say scared a couple times maybe yeah uh but yeah like that kind of stuff is is really scary yeah like and if i had a fallback career then i bet you right now i would do it yeah i would probably and i would probably not i would probably resent it later you know sure but so i'm kind of in a way i'm kind of glad i don't have any cushion because i would probably make good use of that so yeah so there's nothing that like if theater died out like yeah tomorrow there's not a a career that you could see yourself kind of throwing yourself into I don't know. Nothing really pops into my. I'm sure there are things that I could find to do that I would enjoy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, something like oh, I don't know. I mean, I know I enjoy writing, but I don't at all. Like, I I could not make a career out of that because I don't know how to do it unless someone else has written a story for me that I can adapt. <laughs> so like, I You'd would figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that I know I enjoy, and I get cool, like I get fulfillment out of doing that. But that seems like. I don't know how I, yeah. you know. What about uh, like things like interpretation? Yeah, sign. that was I thought of that yeah. too. Maybe one of those concert people. Yeah, concert interpreters. Yeah, you know, I would probably. Yeah, if That'd I had to fall cool. back on, if theater just didn't exist tomorrow, is there yeah. a career I could like <laughs> dive into and feel like I was, like I was happy and Be fulfilled? Yeah, 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 yeah. Dive back into the yeah. into the deaf world again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, totally. Do you have something? Kind of. I've always. Um, yeah, I mean, it, like, uh, I've always kind of liked the idea of um, production in like music or like uh, radio. Oh yeah. I've always I, interesting. I, like yeah, um, I you know, that. sound design that kind of stuff yeah, is always yeah. something that I've. And I've been kind of getting a little bit more into the yeah. the past couple of years, so that would probably be something. If like theater huh. died, yeah. that would probably be the thing I would pursue. Is, like is some sort of yeah, some sort of production uh, 
path or or you know being a, a radio host or, hmm. or yeah, something along that. those lines yeah yeah that's that's a good one yeah you know that's good for you some yeah. something with sound waves <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's kind of yeah. my my thought is if theater just became totally unviable yeah <laughs> well there's a harsh reality a heart uh, um something that you really have to be honest with yourself about that can be a really hard thing to be honest with yourself about, which is how hard am I willing to work for this? Oh yeah. And that like having to really face that about yourself, like is the answer when you're in high school, it's easy to imagine because you know, you don't know anything. It's yeah, easy to know. You're not like, faced with the reality of anything. Yeah. Like that. I'm going to be yeah. on Broadway, but then like, <laughs> are you willing to do what that takes? Because, yeah. you know, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I see what I see what it takes to be successful mm-hmm. from some of the people that I know that are living that life. And it's it is freaking hard and not everybody has that work ethic. Yeah. And that it can be a harsh reality to wake up and kind of realize that you don't you know oh yeah or like, to, we've yeah, we've talked about this on the podcast. I'm pretty sure that's part of the reason I left New York. Yeah, because it like. Yeah. It's just so hard. Yeah. And on, I wasn't willing right. to, to live that life. And then making peace with that doesn't mean you're a failure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That can be a hard thing to accept yeah. about like, yourself, it, you know? Yeah. If I, I've, I have said this a few times recently, I don't think on the podcast, but um, I would be a Slytherin if I had more ambition. <laughs> But, like, I don't, (laughs) is the thing. I just don't have that kind of ambition and, like, work drive. There there are a lot of things I would have done by now if I had that that part. And And then, like, like, does that mean you're less passionate? And I don't know the answer to that. Maybe, maybe, like, by definition, yeah, I guess maybe it does, but... See, my my interpretation (laughs) is that... It does not make me less passionate. Right. It yeah. does make me more miserable. Because <laughs> all of that, the problem is all of that passion just gets pent up sure. in my head. Right. And I have all these ideas yeah. and then they just don't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, damn it. It makes I you wonder just... what, like, what is it that those people have that, that just like put your head down and that focus, know. you know, they just, they just do it is yeah. the thing. Cause that's, that's the the thing that I find to be the paralyzing factor. Sure, is I just try to think through it. Yeah. Um, and I, I like I don't even want to start if I don't think that it will get somewhere. Right. Um, and so that's what ends up stopping me. Yeah. Is, those people that are like that are, uh, you know, go and get it type of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they just. They just do. It seems like, yeah, they yeah. just do. They know what, I know what I want, and I'm going to go mm-hmm. and do it. Stephen King's first rule of writing is write. Yeah. Like, you, you, <laughs> yeah. Can't, you can't be a writer if you don't write. Yeah. So you have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. But then it's stuff like, like and, and like the guy, Dan, who, um, my friend from New Hampshire, he said... God, he. I'll, the fucking time with your New Hampshire friends. I know, right? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. They're Dang, interesting people. I but they, uh, uh, he told me, he lives in New York City, and he told me that 
he went there. He he had like broken up with a girlfriend, and he went there for a weekend and never left. Wow. And like that was how he ended up living there. And when I was there, I thought like, <laughs> when I was there, I remember thinking like, yeah, that it really is the act of just going. You can. May, I mean, maybe there are smarter ways to do it, but it's actually not that hard yeah. to go and live there. You can do that. Oh, yeah. But like, then, that's, I mean, that's the, the thing. It's, it's the figuring it out. Yeah. How you're like, going to pay for it. That's a struggle. But, like, I could go. I have places where I could stay. Yeah. There. I could move there tomorrow, probably. Mm -hmm. And, like, have a place to live for a few weeks or however long to yeah. figure out how to be on my own. But, like, that's a thing I could do. And, oh, yeah. And like, going there kind of showed me that. Like, yeah, it's actually not. It doesn't have to be as scary as. It's a lot easier to think of how hard and impossible it is sitting in Ohio, you know? Oh, yeah. Thinking about everything that could go wrong. Sometimes it is about just, like, taking a blind leap. Mm -hmm. And then the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out and you come back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, as, <clears throat> like, intimidating and frightening as, as a place like New York is. When you go there, like, there is something that, that clicks in your head that's just like oh yeah it is just a place yeah like, people <laughs> yeah live here and yeah do things the the city isn't filled of or filled with millions of tourists yeah. like yeah most of them live there <laughs> right yeah but, uh something interesting came up when i was there talking to bernie uh about something that makes the hustle hard is you're there in this, like, one of the biggest entertainment cities in the world, and there are billboards everywhere, and, like, everywhere you go, there are giant faces of people who are successful. Oh, yeah. You know, like... And then you are also there, and you're trying to get to the place where they are. Like, you, you are actively trying to break into that big business. Oh, yeah. And, like, that it's so easy to feel so insignificant when you're like walking into your auditions and, and you have to go through Times Square or something and you see like you've never felt smaller as an actor than seeing oh, yeah. the enormity of what success can look like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you how like worthless you feel walking past a poster of Alan Rickman on your way to some yeah. off, off, off Broadway audition that right. won't pay you and you're like yeah he's <laughs> it's like he's working be, right over there yeah he's working two blocks down from where <laughs> yeah. i'm yeah going to audition yeah like it's just crazy yeah and that's yeah that like are you willing to like how hard are you willing to work you know yeah. if your name is jason Leupold, not that hard <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah i think that has a lot to do with if you're trying to answer this question for yourself the if I can do something else instead of a theater career, then should I do that instead? Mm -hmm. Is you've got to be honest with yourself and yeah. like really honest with yourself about yeah. how hard you're willing to and work, I, it, I guess. Yeah, and like what define what success means. Right. That's define important what too. success means and also decide if you are, decide if you can work that hard for a time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if, if you think you have that drive and that work ethic, but you can't see yourself doing it forever, then give yourself a timeline. Yeah, sure. And say, you know, I, I'm willing to put, you know, five years into 
trying to work this hard and trying to do this thing. And if it doesn't, there's this other thing that makes me really happy yeah. that I can pursue. Right. Because school is always going to be there. Like if you want to, if you need to yeah. go back to school to do something, it's always going to be there. They'll take your money. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll take your money no matter what. Yeah. I, so like things like that, if there's something where you're like, I don't want to give myself a fallback plan, but I don't, I don't want to put myself in a position where, you know, I'm, I'm stuck doing this thing forever and i realize i'm never gonna make it and sure. and or if whatever. it's making you miserable yeah or it's making you miserable then you know give yourself a a timeline and say okay if you know i'm working this hard and i haven't gotten to a place where i'm comfortable and feel a little more successful in x amount of time yeah. then i'm gonna start pursuing this other thing sure. that makes me happy and if there is another thing that makes you happy you know what is cool is that theater is not going anywhere yeah it's like like sarah you know really loves teaching Right. But it doesn't mean that she, it doesn't, it's not like you get to do one or the other. Right. You know, if you have two passions, then in this situation, at least you can do, you can do them both. Yeah. And one of them will make money to help support you in the other one. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, that's a cool, th where pretty much wherever you go, there's going to be a theater scene. Yeah. And so like, you don't ever have to stop working as an artist. Right. Which is a cool, a cool thing to discover. So if you happen to be lucky enough that there are two things that you feel passionate about, or even like something else you really enjoy a career you can then that's cool yeah that's not a failure either yeah you know you know what else that's is living really a good cool? life you know what else is really cool being happy <laughs> if yeah. there's something else that makes you happy yeah like there's no shame you know when it happens <laughs> there's no shame in giving up like theater to be happy like yeah. if there's something well, else if, that makes you really right. happy like sure do it and it, you you don't have to feel shame if you're in, torturing in yourself to, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. that. Like if you're you gotta not, take care of yourself. Too. Yeah, you got listen to Marie Kondo. If it's not bringing you joy, get it out of your life. Get rid of it. Like <laughs> yeah. you don't, you don't. If if the the grind is is making you miserable, or like theater is not bringing you joy, or whatever type of art it is, if you you know are are painting or writing or whatever it might be, and it's right. not making you happy, don't don't it's not worth it you're not a failure for sure not doing that thing anymore yeah. in favor of doing something that's going to make you happy right it's the whole thing about it. it's a wonderful life like sometimes yeah. living a good life Is and enough. being like yeah. that's enough yeah you don't have to yeah. accomplish grand things you can just be happy and that, in a way, is accomplishing a grand thing. Yeah, in, in its own way. Yeah, and well, and, and there's something to be said too. I think though, for like, for for kind of like what you were saying, giving yourself a time limit, acknowledging that this thing is going to be really difficult to accomplish, mm -hmm. and that there will be, if you end up getting to that point, if you're lucky enough for that, that there will be a time where you are not succeeding at it. Yeah, you know, so so. It's just again up to the person, I suppose. If if the journey is so dreadful that the goal is not worth having, then obviously, yeah, don't do it. Stop torturing yourself, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, that's generated a lot of conversation. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, cool. And then we have a, a couple more. Um, yeah, both from Nathan Hoyle. Yeah. Um, so the first one he asked, and I actually. I kind of just completely forgot about this. Yeah, me too, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Nathan asked, has Joe talked about what it was like for another theater company to perform his adaptation of Three Musketeers? How do you be your own advocate in that situation? Is there a, quote, going rate for royalties for that kind of thing, or did Joe have to assign a monetary value to his work? Yeah. 
so that uh, that is interesting because at least the the monetary part, um, I was sort of in a way like I I was sort of commissioned to do that for okay. for the Shakespeare Festival, so like. It was it was kind of through them, like the, it was through OSF, like they lent out the show, gotcha for them to do. So it wasn't like I got a royalty. Okay, it was kind of it was like that was part of my work as a salaried employee of the festival. It was like they, you know, they, I was asked to do that. So like that's a different situation. Something like Dracula, for example, that I wrote just yeah. for myself. Uh, I have I don't know at all how that works. <laughs> I think I mean obviously if you're published that makes it easier because right. all that stuff goes through the your agreement with the publisher and like if you have an agent or whatever all this kind of stuff is negotiated. But the fact like if someone if a theater came to me tomorrow and said like hey we really want to do your Dracula, uh, I don't know. I of course would charge them to do it, <laughs> right. um, but you have no idea how much. Yeah, nope. And I'm sure I would be, and with them the, again, the the Three Musketeers that they did was another unique kind of experience because um, it was they chose to do it through a connection they had with Ryan, uh, the fight director mm-hmm. of the festival. That's how that's how they heard about the project and like got interested in wanting to do it. And they were also a really small um, youth theater that didn't have a lot of money, so part gotcha. of the negotiation was like we really wanted another theater to to do it because that's really cool. You know, like it's just really neat to know that our original production, that someone else, that another theater across the country was going to do it. And it was worth for us. Like we didn't, we weren't interested in getting any, like this huge amount of money from them. It was more like we worked out with them what they could afford, you know? Gotcha. So yeah, that was a bit of a unique experience. As far as like, what was it like for me to, to, it's it just seems so abstract because I didn't one right. thing we were producing something at the time and we were really busy with something yeah I can't quite remember what it was but um and they were so far away that I had no right there was no way to see it yeah, like, yeah yeah I think that if I'd been able to to see it somewhere else that would be a really trippy that would have been cool yeah yeah that would have been a really trippy experience so yeah in a way it was kind of like like I would someone would come up to me and be like hey how's that feel to know that the and I would, and I would go oh yeah. I guess that's happening, isn't it? <laughs> I often sort of forgot because there was just stuff we were working on currently. Um, yeah. So yeah, like it, it felt it felt really cool, but in an abstract way. Like it didn't. It kind of didn't feel real because gotcha. it was so far away. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was weird, and it was not how I was expecting to feel. I thought it would feel different. Sure. But yeah, I don't know. and I think Could I think had... you're right. It probably would have felt different um, had it been closer, and like you'd yeah. been able to see it, and if you know, maybe you'd been more involved in in like the the negotiation process of it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, that might have had something to do too with like my personal headspace at the time. Sure, feel you know something <clears throat> something about not being able to completely enjoy what like how cool it was because that was a weird because i acknowledge like enough people asked me that i was like oh yeah i guess this must seem like it's a really cool thing (laughs) why am i not why is it not affecting me the way i feel like it should and i don't really know yeah yeah i don't know yeah 
We'll ask you the next time it gets done. Yeah. yeah and if I'm <laughs> able to see another person's, like another theater's production of something that I wrote, like I think, I think that would have, that would have a big impact on, you know, if I was able to like buy a ticket to, I mean, hopefully I wouldn't have to buy one and be like, Hey, my name's on that. Can I get yeah, it for free? I would imagine, <laughs> I would imagine they would give you a comp. <laughs> yeah. But that, that'd be pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And then we have one more question from Nathan. This one's a doozy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So Nathan says... He, he's going through our back catalog. I know. Uh, he says, okay, I held my tongue when I listened to the episode when you broke down Last Jedi, but just today I listened to your talk about Infinity War and I got so mad. <laughs> the very criticism that Joe had about Infinity War, and if I understood correctly, Tess had similar complaints, are the same complaints I had about Last Jedi. The idea that the movie spent such a long chunk of time on a side mission that ultimately was pointless drove me crazy. <laughs> I think Marvel pulled it off better than Star Wars, yet I feel like Star Wars fans are more willing to look the other way. So my actual topic suggestion is... <laughs> Is it possible to overcome personal bias when reviewing a piece of art? Because I think Star Wars especially made some very objectively poor storytelling decisions, and the inexperience of the director was glaringly obvious. But I found that people either love or hate the movie so much that it's hard to have an open conversation. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. While I, while I disagree with, with some of the points that Nathan has made in, in the question, hmm. um, I very much uh, like the question that he asked um and yeah and uh kind of respect the um the dilemma because i think especially with the last jedi that movie is so polarizing yeah um that it, it does feel like it's impossible to have a conversation about it right with with somebody who doesn't fall on your side of yeah of the opinion and i in general um, have a hard time with that i will fully admit i think that that i let it is very hard for me to overcome my personal bias if I'm talking with movies in particular, if it's sure. like something I really liked that someone else really didn't, I often don't like, I don't want to talk about it then, Yeah, you know, cause it'll, <laughs> it, ups, it upsets me too much. Cause it's, it can feel sometimes like, especially it, if you loved a thing, you're like, well, if they hated it, do they think I'm stupid? Yeah. You know, like that, that. What does that say about what they think about me? Yeah, then? exactly. Yeah. Which is of course not. You know, people either liked it or they right. didn't. It's not yeah. a reflection of what they think of you personally, but I do find that hard to overcome in the moment. So often I'll be like, I'll either, and I think this happens less frequently than it used to, but I'll either get sucked in and argue about it, uh -huh. or I'll be like, nah, just I'm good. I don't want to, <laughs> because <laughs> the thing, like, you're never gonna. That's the thing about these these artistic personal biases is, you know, you either liked the thing or you didn't, and the person on the other side is not going to be able to convince you otherwise. Right. Like no matter how many times or, or how much like logic or whatever I can use to try to convince you to like something that you don't, it's just never, right. what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Superman is never going to be my favorite Superman. Yeah. And I'm like, never going to convince you that he is, right. you know, <laughs> cause he isn't yeah. right. And, and that's, yeah, that's a person like, so with Star Wars in particular, something that people either loved or hated, yeah, I find like what is the point then of if I I did like it, and if I'm sitting down in a room with someone and I know they hated it, why would I talk about it? What yeah. is there to be gained? Yeah, I think it's it's really hard because people feel these things really personally. We've talked about on yeah. the podcast before like the things that people like especially 
um, some of these huge, huge pop culture things um, when, and you know, especially when like your childhood is involved, it's, it, it becomes a very personal issue a lot of the time. Um, I think it, my perspective on it um, is, you know, in terms of overcoming personal bias when reviewing a piece of art, you you have to try and find, and you're not always going to succeed, but I think you have to try and find some aspect of the opposing view that you agree with. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's 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 really difficult sometimes, but that's kind of the first step to getting over your personal bias, or at Find least some finding common ground. Yeah, even you don't have to, um, like you don't have to to change your opinion of the thing, but being able to agree with it. Um, so like, hmm. um. So, using Infinity War as yeah. an example, um, being frustrated about Peter Quill's actions sure. yeah. on on the the moon, I it, I disagree that it was a, a bad storytelling choice, mm-hmm. but I can I I can completely understand why people you see where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So being able to to right. see yeah. to understand the point of view of the opposing. Yeah the opposing team for lack of a better phrase i think is kind of the first step to to trying to get over those personal biases because then that actually does open up a conversation yeah and one thing i do like about those conversations is i like being forced to really think about why i liked something yeah or didn't Uh, yeah and yeah i think that you're right about uh having like common ground or being able to see Mm -hmm. where a person's coming from and Something that helps for me, I, I like. I don't. I try not to think about any artistic thing in terms of good or bad. Right. I try to think. You know, it's like because saying that's bad is very different than saying I didn't like it. Right. Because saying that's bad, that's a thing that can that can like saying that's bad assumes that assumes that you're like that is unequivocal that is a fact right and someone liking it is wrong right and i think people don't like to people don't like to be made to feel like they're wrong mm-hmm. which is why sometimes in conversations like that where like i can sometimes get my feelings hurt yeah. you know which yeah. if i feel like oh you're so you're telling me i'm wrong okay yeah but, but then being like <laughs> and also being like i liked it versus i didn't like it seems more generous to the artists involved you know like cuz to say I don't know. Because people work really hard to make art. <laughs> and I would like yeah. to think yeah, that the people would be then extend that generosity to me, too. Sure. Like, if I created something, I wouldn't want people to say, that's terrible. Yeah. But, yeah, saying, like, oh, I didn't like that. Yeah. doesn't wouldn't feel awesome, but it's better than saying that's bad. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's so... I think that's kind of... You know, finding finding that common ground, being able to, even if you still hate it, like yeah. understand why other people would say that they like it, yeah, or or vice yeah. versa, yeah. Because um, like I, using the Last Jedi, like I I understand a lot of the criticisms, yeah, um, that people give to particularly like the Canto Bite sequence, yeah. Um, right. I understand a lot of the the criticisms. I. I don't agree with right. them. Like yeah. I, 
I, you know, tend to like that sequence for for a lot of reasons right. that I won't delve into right now. <laughs> yeah, but I, well, I found that yeah, yeah, I found that it that it was it reinforced a general theme in my opinion. Right, but I also yeah. agree. I can see, I can totally see how it would seem like a waste of time. Yeah, you know why yeah, did sure. we spend all this time on a thing that didn't work? Right. Uh, like with the, I think with the Infinity War thing, referring to the Thor building the new weapon, mm. it's kind of like we spent. Why do we spend so much time with that for it just to not matter in the end? And like, well, that's in a way that's true, but also in a way it's kind of like it's kind of like saying, why didn't the Eagles just carry Frodo to Mount Doom? Like, because <laughs> that wasn't ever the point, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, that's that's debating the nitty gritty of those of that movie, which was not really what his question was. <laughs> um, sure. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's kind of my two cents. There is is yeah, to, art, art is all about how it hits you personally, and I think it's it right impossible to separate those two. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Or I mean, at least it's hard because I, I feel like I can say there are things I dislike, but that I can acknowledge that they're that it is good, I just don't like it. Sure. You know? So maybe yeah. that is, a, in a way, that's divorcing my personal bias from the... Because I still... But I'm still saying I didn't like it. I can appreciate it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the... It's it's such a weird thing to try to art, like articulate exactly why that's different, but it is. Yeah. Um, you know, because uh, I to think, think of an if, example. There's, if there's something that you, yeah, I'm trying to think of something that like, uh, oh, here's, you know what? Great example. Uh, the flash, the TV show. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. Yeah. But I understand why people do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand yeah. that, that, um, you know, for, for the people who really enjoy it, it's a great show. Yeah. For me, it's, it's a bad show. <laughs> but it, it, but that's my personal opinion, and I and I you know I'm totally willing to debate about why I feel that way, mm-hmm. and that doesn't make you know you and Sarah wrong <laughs> in that you enjoy it, yeah, because um, you do. Well, and that's a show too where I can understand. I understand the criticism, too. right? Like, yeah, I Every see. Time the, I, I say see Roy the G. Bivolo, yeah, the fucking. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I see all that stuff. I just yeah. kind of enjoy it as part of the whole experience. Right. But I'll think I'll, I'll even something like, you know, something like the Bible. There, <laughs> <laughs> there will be blood. Let's okay. say. Yeah. That I thought was a very good movie that I didn't like very much. Sure. Yeah. And like, that's an, I acknowledge it's beautiful to look at. It's, it's well-written. The acting is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't do it didn't do it for me. So that's a that's maybe a way as close as I can get, I guess, to my personal bias being kind of negative. But mm-hmm. then I would never say that's a bad movie. Yeah. It's actually a really good movie. Sure, I just didn't like it very much. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, fucking love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very good. I just it was one of those like I never need to watch that again. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah. Personal bias is yeah. certainly tricky. And I think that's all of our listener questions. I think so. Yeah. Unless, unless someone jumped on while we were talking, which yeah, I don't think they out. did. Yep. Nope. That's it. That is it. 
we've I, I did see some positive feedback for what my wife watched. Yeah, we keep getting some some more uh, positive reactions to that, which which Naturally. makes me happy. <laughs> We're gonna have to do more of it. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> Christ almighty. We've been going for a while. Should we stop? Sure. How long have we been going? Uh, one hour, 31 minutes, and uh, 30 seconds. Whoa. I know, right? Whoa. Stupid Scott. <laughs> Scott Campbell yeah. ramble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he makes us ramble. He does. Yeah. It's good, though. It is good. It's always good rambles yeah. on both ends. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's stop talking now. If you like <laughs> what we do, we are on iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud. If you haven't already, please go to iTunes, leave us a rating and review, and subscribe. It really helps us out. We would be very, very, very grateful if yes. you did so. Uh, we are on Twitter, at BackstageBuds. You can use the hashtag BackstageBuds to get in touch with us there. We have a Facebook group. It is Backstage Buddies Podcast. Uh, that's where we always ask for topics. Um, if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, you can throw it on there. Um, we also have an email account. It is BackstageBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can shoot us a message there if you don't want uh, what you have to say to appear in a public forum. And I think that's it. Uh, you got anything else? Nope. All right, let's wrap it up then. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Backstage Buddies. I'm Jason. I'm Joe. Exit pursued by a bear. Bring it on, penguins. <laughs> <laughs>